0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A return to danger.
1: I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton.
2: And this is Ghost Town.
1: Great place for the family this summer. Well, Action Park has 75 of the wildest, wettest family rides in the world, just minutes away. The action never stops at Action Park. Vernon, New Jersey, 1978, an amusement park opened that became legendary for danger. We're back. Action Park.
2: Action Park, baby. Oh my God, I have so much. We've grown so much since our last Action Park episode. We've learned so much. We watched the HBO documentary. We're here to really hash it out yet again, given the new information, given the time. What was it, a year ago? <laughs> Two year and a half?
1: It was one of the episodes that really resonated with people, and I mm-hmm. kind of we always kind of reference it. Yeah. And we always get stories and people connecting to it in some way. Absolutely. And I think amusement parks in general kind of do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this documentary, Class Action Park, it's on HBO Max, mm-hmm. not sponsored.
2: Yeah. Don't go to HBO Go. Don't go to HBO Now. Go to HBO Max. Don't go to
1: HBO Gov. That's oh, a separate one. That's
2: awful. Dot edu. Get out of here.
1: And. We've even gotten some comments that, wow, you were kind of ahead of the curve on Action Park. And really, I'm sure, you know, they were developing the documentary, I'm sure, yeah. for years. But we did it just on the love of it, not knowing there was going to be a Yeah.
2: I think this is the first episode where this felt so, like, part and parcel to your upbringing. And I think Jason's from New Jersey. Like, you know, like, I don't think – you didn't go there.
1: I did, I think once when in the 80s when I was younger, but I didn't, I was too scared of rides. And yeah. So, and I know there was another time I was supposed to go and I know I said no to that because Mm -hmm. I think it was already in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and I was already in high school Mm -hmm. and I just didn't want to. I just didn't really have any interest. I don't really love amusement parks anyway. Mm -hmm. I love them culturally, but I didn't really have a huge love for them. But, you know, and we'll get into the documentary, but Mm -hmm. the commercials were so part of my cultural existence, Mm -hmm. along with Cats on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was always a big one. So these commercials and Action Park and they, you know, get into it in the documentary, how how... They weren't always there. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, what was the thing that also like ramped things up? And it was these commercials that yeah. you were inundated with. Absolutely. pretty much memorized them. And when you hear them now, and I hear them now. It's like, whoa. It's like – it's pretty much I had them memorized.
2: Yeah, which is also crazy because I have no – I mean, I, again – They were local is, This is an East Coast thing that was so – resonant for people of a certain time on the East Coast. And I'm not talking just like New Jersey, like all I when I bring this up, when I talk to people when we used to, you know, socialize with other people, the amount of response to Action Park is nuts. Everyone of this age remembers this place or at least the commercials or had an experience or has a story that's one of their friends went and again got injured. And that's a big thing with the documentary, too.
1: I want to quickly mention Our Patreon, patreon.com slash ghost town pod, bonus episodes, advanced, ad free episodes. Mm -hmm. It really helps out the show. Just watching it really quick. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Right back into it. Right back in. It was it was
2: easy, painless, and we're back.
1: And when we put out this the original episode, Action Park, the most The world's most dangerous amusement park. Yeah. Check that out. That has a ton of information. It has absolutely a bunch of sound bites. Me and us asking other people their personal experiences. And what's great is that people have been volunteering their personal experiences. Mm -hmm. Going to talk about that a little later in the episode. Mm -hmm. But the one of the directors and producers, Seth Porges, I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm pronouncing that right. He contacted us on Twitter. He caught wind of oh. it. This is a while ago. This is got to be pretty soon after we posted the episode. So it's mm-hmm. been well over a year. And he's like, "Hey, I'm developing a documentary on it, mm-hmm. which became Class Action Park." And the trailer has been advertised for a while. And I was, and you know, we kind of talked about doing something in conjunction. I think the yeah. timelines probably shifted as as they do with, with yeah. things. They don't come out exactly when when you want them to. Yeah. And, this is now going to be that thing. Yeah, this you know, is it. I, this I wanna, the s- thing. I want to support all the work that has been done on mm-hmm. the documentary.
2: I have a lot of mixed feelings just based on other things I've consumed about it. My unfamiliarity with it, I think, also like puts me kind of at a disadvantage. But we'll, we'll get to that.
1: I had a little bit of when I was watching, I was like, I knew about a lot of the things just from doing that episode, mm-hmm. just from then communicating with people. But what was great about this documentary is it wasn't just let's talk about an insane amusement park. It wasn't just that uh, Gene Mulvihill.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was, I'm saying that right. It's a lot of it is about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all good.
2: No, I would say very. I would say very every once in but- a while, someone's like, "But he was in, he was a cool guy. We called him Uncle Gene." Yeah. Um. He was like Wolf. He was Wolf of Wall Street. They say this in the documentary before Wolf of Wall Street with the penny stocks, yes. with this con, also with him conceptualizing the rides.
1: Yeah, he, he you know, he, he was definitely an innovator, but the cost was very high and the way he went about things mm-hmm. was really suspect. And then also the, you know, which we touched on, but ha, you know, ha, this documentary, and I'm glad they didn't. They could have easily mm-hmm. kind of sidestepped it. The the tragedy that happened. Yeah. I, I there was one part where I was like getting kind of emotional. Um, with- it's
2: really it's hard to see, and I think this is a problem that I have with the documentary, with like tonally how it kind of because you know you know they're going to talk about you know hint the the creator you're going to talk about the how insane it was the injuries the deaths you know kind of a natural heightening, but then it kind of undulates between these things, and it gets a little preachy for me at the end about a generation and about how you could do whatever you wanted at this park, and it was, like, the bastion of freedom, but that felt to me, especially with, like, Gene Mulvihill, where it's, like, the the character of a man who creates something like that, and he – people would get injured and sue him, and he would take them to – like, think about kids getting injured – he would take them to court so much so that lawyers wouldn't even want to try the cases because it was such a pain in the ass. That's the nature of the person who created this park.
1: Yeah. So why don't we – we'll start a little bit from the beginning Mm -hmm. and give you like a tiny lay of the land. You can always listen to the first episode we did on it, which is going to be different than this. It's not going to be the same because we're going to be really touching on – New stories that we've gotten Mm -hmm. and the documentary itself, which you should watch. Do not take our regurgitation about. This is really not a recap. No, this is more like a reaction to it, I suppose. Reaction hash. And we both watched it Uh last night, so it's really fresh in our minds. Yeah. The park was open in 1978, and it was a ski lodge in Vernon, New Jersey. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of skiing in in, in New York and upstate Mm -hmm. New York. And what do you do when it's like 98 degrees with mm-hmm. 200% humidity? Yeah. It's pretty much useless. Yeah. And he was like, great. This guy, Gene Mobilehill, like you said, he was a Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Which is kind of a – it's amazing. I mean, when I say amazing, it's amazing – Interesting and culturally not amazing like what a great guy. You no, know, he was a shark. Yeah, he was a shark. You know, he was a
2: shark. He was a shark. He was an opportunist. Uh, they talk about the Playboy Club being up there too. Another
1: one of our episodes yeah. that we've had a tiny bit of controversy with. Mm-hmm. But the Playboy Club episode that we did is mentioned in this episode. Yes. So in a way, I think our this podcast interest in what we're interested in really coincides with the people that are interested in something like Action Park or these Mm -hmm. places that used to really from a different time and kind of had different rules Mm -hmm. and not necessarily for the better.
2: Yeah, and also a different, like, class they they talk about it rivaling orlando or trying to rival orlando and it's like yes but orlando was still to get to florida which again it was open year round florida's much warmer you you need to be at a certain economic level to make that trip to have that experience with action park you don't need that like you can just be a kid whose divorced dad drops him off at the park and hopes to pick him up later that
1: day and the car doesn't even stop it just <laughs> just rolls off you go. out <laughs> And then beer cans fall out of the dad's car. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And again, you talk about the the people that worked there, which we kind of touched on mm-hmm. that it was kind of what I you know the kind of how they kind of surmise a lot of things is this guy Gene mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to give you the 14 year old and you everything that you want. Mm-hmm. No rules. It's run by kids. Yeah, it's fun. It's dangerous. It's wild. Uh, the, the, a sign with rules—it mm-hmm. I don't doesn't exist. Ugh. It, it kind of like the park runs the park,
2: yeah. Which it's is
1: lawless. To a kid, sounds great. It's like, uh-huh. hey, you can go into. It's like Willy Wonka, yeah. Right? You go to this candy store, take as much as you want, eat as much as you want, mm-hmm. and what's the price to pay? Nothing there, really. It's just you mm-hmm. get free candy. That's great. Mm-hmm. But for this, it's like you're kind of rolling your the dice life. With, your your, life. with your life, yeah.
2: And talking about the shack that was the infirmary, you know, and just the the mixture of iodine and – uh, I was spray? thinking about that trying to get to
1: sleep last night Ugh. and trying to put myself – because I've, I've – when I oh, – chicken pox once? Mm-hmm. Oh, not chicken pox. Uh, uh, poison ivy mm-hmm. on my hands. And I made a concoction like that because I was so – Itty, it was so stupid. I wanted it off my hands because I used to get really bad poison ivy. Mm -hmm. And I sprayed that and I literally, I just almost burnt the skin off my hands and it is so painful. And I would do iodine, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. I didn't care. Like I would do, make these concoctions that would literally melt my toothbrush. Because some of it, you'd spray it and some of it would hit my toothbrush and my toothbrush melted. So, yet just you think about things of, you, 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 When you think about all the rules, like wearing a seatbelt now. Uh I'll tell you, in the 1980s. No, why? Oh, you definitely – if you wore one in the back, you were pretty much a communist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So they do discuss that time of, you know, drinking out of a hose. Yeah. And and there is a little bit of that. And they do kind of mention, hey, maybe in hindsight that wasn't such a great thing. But Mm -hmm. I think it worked the way it worked because there's danger now. There's danger then. And maybe advantages were taken – You know, of back then that they don't so much now. Yeah,
2: but we're also close. Like I think when I think about parallels with with negligence and corruption, how he like this whole park was insured by a fake insurance agent. He made up his own, created, and I that's not. I mean, they tell him right away. They tell, but but. Again, in the spirit of that, of like, oh, we don't need anybody. Like, it kind of does politically mirror a lot of things that are happening now. It's like, we don't need you. We can do it ourselves. We don't want any governmental control. That's exactly what this park was all about.
1: Yeah. So, for as to the fourteen year old, this mm-hmm. guy was great. Or and to the people with people with that entrepreneurial spirit, and yeah, just like let you know. He, he, I don't think he was like I hope people die, but he's like I want. No, people. but he didn't give a fuck. You know, like, yeah, like, I want to make money. Yeah, I want people to have fun. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, and but I really want to maximize all of that, and I will not tolerate repercussions. And I think for somebody that's kind of that doesn't want to have to answer to anybody, mm-hmm. that must really. It's like watching a movie about somebody who doesn't play by the rules, like total Mm -hmm. renegade, like a renegade cop, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I I love that. They don't, you know, red tape and and, and the rule book, like throwing Mm -hmm. the rule book out the window is a very kind of attractive thing. Sure, but somebody has until to people die, die and, and are injured. And- you know,
2: like you can't have fist fights going on in the middle of a Colorado River raft ride. Like you just can't. And one do part that. is
1: like he's like, we need lifeguards to kind of like shuffle people. Like, well, they don't have that in the Colorado River. River. He's like, this it's is like, not the Colorado this River. Is, yeah, it's
2: like what are you talking about? And also, like I, I think part of what colors my conception of the owner of Action Park is he was people talk about him always being around. They talk about uh, things not being supervised, but he was always around anyway. He was totally accepting of that, you know, just walking around getting They talk about like alcohol being everywhere, um all these rides happening, just chaos all of the time, and and the owner is walking around having a blast.
1: Probably looking to be like, "Hey, how can we how can we fill this space with something dangerous and how can I get the employees of this place to test it?" And exactly. Wave a hundred dollar bill in front of them.
2: Oh my god! That and that part—the the biggest detail that sticks in my mind is in the initially where they talk about him creating. He mostly created all these rides, or the people that Disney wouldn't have, you know, or like people coming to him and he's like, "Yeah, I'll indulge this idea. Let's create it." He had his old like CEO fund it somehow, which again, we never got answers to how where the money came from.
1: It, it was just a guy that was always able to drum up finances and you know, uh, he, this guy gets his at the totally end as
2: well. totally but the idea of like let's create this loop this water ride with a loop yeah. um it, it goes loop. all the way around we're gonna pay teenage kids who are broke to do this some people may lose consciousness some people may have a concussion uh people would lose teeth in it but that's not even the part that gets me it's the part where people lost teeth In this ride, but then other people were going down the ride with lacerations on their body, cuts on their body. And they're like, where did the cuts come from? It's all, you know, pretty clean plastic. From the teeth that were embedded in the loop from the people who lost teeth who stayed there. And so the people coming down afterwards were getting cut by rogue teeth embedded in the ride.
1: A movie like Saw doesn't even... No. Can't even conceptualize of that because it's so indicative of... How wild this place was. Yeah.
2: No – talk about no rules.
1: A couple of things that kind of came up that I didn't realize is how Route 94
2: went right through through. the park. Yeah. No problem. And also people would brag about taking the go-karts on Route 94 or people toppling over from slides. It's like, let's just put this liability right through your park. No problem. Have fun.
1: There was one – it was like this ball – that had a bunch of wheels on it that would be on a track. Mm -hmm. But they'd build the tracks out of PVC pipe. And again, there's no, like you said, no engineers. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: No people are testing it scientifically. Oh, hey, this is pressure-treated metals or pressure-treated plastic. It's like PVC pipe. And they don't know how it's going to react. And there's literal, when you say PVC
2: pipe, I mean literal PVC pipe that you see
1: in the footage of the rides. And it would warp. And mm-hmm. so the wheels and the tracks wouldn't align. And this kind of gyrosphere went, went off the track into the road onto the highway. Awful. Into a swamp.
2: Yeah. There's also like a snake infested swamp. Like, it's like, what is the best scenario for a water park? Uh, off the freeway in a snake infested swamp in 100 degree heat, uh, piloted by teenagers?
1: Sure. You know, the hills were naturally made because it was. A ski resort mm-hmm. and they just retrofitted it f- with these like dangerous slides and mm-hmm. it, you know they kind of indicate that if you did it the way you were supposed to do it theoretically you'd be fine but the thing is is that people like to take a running head start yeah or you know they like to belly flop on things and the science isn't factored in Mm-mm. and then from there it's just like there's a very small window of where it's safe. Yeah, and when you tell a kid that do what you want, and then the people in charge are mm-hmm. your age. Yeah. no one's going to take you seriously. There's no authority figure, and there's no authority, and things are going to go awry. And 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 but and then that's part of the fun. And then the legend is mm-hmm. there.
2: Yeah, even if you did everything right on all of these rides, you would you were definitely going to get hurt. Like the idea of um, the little, they were like toboggans that didn't have brakes. You know, like even if you did every single thing right, chances are you're probably going to get hurt.
1: And then there's just, even if they, unless you have engineers in there and they're making everything, there's code and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, a list of rules. Things break down. When you have the weight of bodies of different shapes and sizes going down a thing, even uh, best laid plans, Mm -hmm. You need to probably have some upkeep. Yeah. I doubt the upkeep was oh. – it was either like, oh, I guess we have to remove this ride for now at best.
2: Yeah, at best. Even when someone died in the wave pool, the wave pool was still open. And, oh, God, another detail where uh, they said when when they did have lifeguards, which, again, were few and far between who were actually vigilantly doing their job, they would have them be at the, wa- the wave pool. And they would rescue, what, 15 20 people a day? A day. And they painted the bottom of it lighter so they could see the bodies to better access them.
1: And the problem was where the water was funneling with some of these rides, it was like runoff. Yeah, it was like river runoff. River runoff with uh, suntan lotion, oil, right? Feces. And gore. Yeah. Literally use the word gore from open wounds. Yeah. is just – and again, you know, any kind of water park, you're going to get- Yeah,
2: I've lost some teeth in water park. Uh, yeah. I'll admit it.
1: Uh, you know, there's, you know, people are just probably throwing up because it's- For you know, sure. And all of that is mixing in, like it becomes like- a viscous, fact, like sludge. So you had that going in your mouth and eyes. Yeah, of course. You know, I think about is our episode on Woodstock 99 a little bit mm-hmm. when they people were running around in the mud. Yeah. And that mud was run off from- the porta potties yeah. and then also feces throw up yeah. uh any any kind of like disgusting thing that's out there and you're just swimming in it Yeah. and it's getting into your like mouth and it's eyes it's getting everywhere and you know it's a water park and you you know can you swim Maybe, but you find out that your body is not ready to acclimate to certain things because mm-hmm. you're jumping into the freezing
2: kind of fr- run up, like, river or, runoff
1: or uh it's it's not like water you're meant to swim in. It's kind mm-hmm. of like whether it's like fresh water. So it's really cold and your yeah. body is I mean, I did a tough I, I did a tough mutter once. Yeah, once and only once. And I, I did some pretty things that were pretty heinous, like yeah. and pretty dangerous. And Don't they I'll, shock
2: you in those? Oh, yeah. You know, I <sighs> got
1: electrocuted. Um, oh, but God. I, I mean, that was – I volunteered for that and yeah, to you, do that. But I jumped off one of those things, and I remember getting to the top. And I uh-huh. – you know, the, the cliff diving thing, which is the most fun. And if I had a chance to chicken out, I would have. But then you had this – a Marine, I guess, screaming at you, mm-hmm. jump maggot. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, yeah. He might have said that. But it was something like that, and I just jumped and it's my body was not accustomed to it i turned to be fine but i Mm -hmm. saw other people popping out of the water and just blood pouring out of their noses because of it the way you're hitting the water and the type of water there's just so many factors that you can't you can't account for all the time so Mm -hmm. i you know that's something i never would have done at action park i did it now and i kind of could and i imagine if you have a bunch of eight-year-olds, 12-year-olds, a drunk adult. Of course. People wanting to, you know, they talked about people, you know, everyone is screaming at you, calling you a pussy. Yeah, you (laughs) know, do
2: something. And the water too, very important. It was, yeah, it was a river. It was fresh water. So not only do you get that temperature thing that will fuck with your body in so many ways, but you don't get the buoyancy that's crucial for something like the wave pool to, like, keep you afloat. So you're going under in cold water, things are, like, bursting in your brain and body, and even then you aren't guaranteed to come
1: back up. And to kind of go back to, you think about the town, Mm -hmm. you know, it's in Vernon, and, you know, you see it's very, it's like a nice kind of small, serene I'm familiar with it as well, because there's a town in New York, which is not exactly near where I live, it's called Warwick, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's at that kind of New York, New Jersey border where it is kind of you know, on the top of the state. Uh, you know, it's a pretty small, green, nice town. You know, mm-hmm. I know people talk, think about New Jersey and they think everything's, you know, power plants and, and yeah. factories. And some of it is, but a lot of it is very lush. And very yeah, it's very lovely.
2: They talk about it being a sleepy little town before people
1: came and took it over. And so this happens, and then you think, what are the, you know th- how the town deals with it? But also, it's bringing in jobs and and revenue and essentially tourism. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. But what is the price that's being paid? Yeah, you know, pe- pe- people, you know,
2: and the hospitals. I think this is a detail from our last episode about this, where the hospital had to buy another ambulance, and eventually they had to be like. You get an ambulance.
1: Yeah, you have to get your own. It was – yeah. We, we can't handle – the volunteer ambulance department can't handle the volume of Mm-mm. damage. So you need to get your own. Yeah, and they weren't reporting all the
2: injury. It's just and, – and they also showed footage, and I think the documentary was great for me because I got to see it and, and it, like, was brought to life, of just people, normal people walking off a ride and, like, limping. Like, no big deal. Just yeah. limping, just – Falling off a cliff into water, just...
1: Stepping on hot asphalt. They didn't think like, you know, what if people don't have shoes? It's a water park. Yeah. Let's have, again, a Mm heat-treated pavement. No, it was just straight up black tar asphalt that you're stepping on, just burning the bottoms of your feet. And then you're stepping into that gross water. Ugh
2: disgusting it sounds disgusting
1: and you know and they might i don't know if it's anyone listening to this, but you might be saying it's like yeah but that was that's you know that's when you could just be a kid and, and not everyone was so coddled it's mm-hmm. like uh science people and your body, died yeah. i'm sorry
2: like people died i would like to see people scarring permanent scarring that has happened from this concussions you know
1: blood d- disease you know what Ugh, i mean like blood diseases and, 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 and things like that and Nobody's kind of taking that into account because what you're seeing is even with this documentary or what Mm -hmm. we're talking about or the many articles that are out there kind of – what we're all doing is we're taking this very sensational place Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of bringing it to the surface and then sensationalizing it more a little bit. Yeah. But you're not thinking – like think clearly, think through. And I think the documentary did a pretty good job of kind of including – you know, the prices that, you know, that one might have to pay and what you're probably not hearing.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, though, it's hard because for me, just not having grown up around there, not really being the the person or the group um, demographic, I guess, that would go there. It felt very like, but we're also going to make this nostalgic for you even though we're giving you these horrific stats. Like, I wish it kind of – like, Chris Gethard is, like, half the documentary, and I wish – I'm not the biggest fan of his, but, like, you can let this speak for itself. It's already so much. It's already so poignant. It's already fascinating. Like, you don't really have to explain to me the cultural ramifications or the meaning because I don't have that myself, and I can kind of, like, make my own assumptions about this place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, he was in it a lot. and I, you know, yeah. I, I liked what – he had. He was he said, funny and fun. He funny. Like he said a lot of things that, but it didn't. I don't think it really gave it context, unless no, he. And then you're about, cutting
2: to a woman whose kid died, and you're like, okay, he's making a joke about this place. This guy died on it, so.
1: And you get that at towards the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and that was that was uh, that was really tough.
2: Yeah, that was really hard. I mean, his mom is still. So upset as you might be, and I so I think you're you're thinking about these things, and I think our treatment of it last time again, it's it's so hard to believe, it's almost comical, you know. But then this documentary really grounds it because people were hurt and died. So but, there's a lot of like tonal changes that happen in it.
1: it. It does. It really, it really does take you on a ride that mm-hmm. I was not expecting. Yeah, and, and it really had like a lot of twists and turns, and I'm I'm glad that it did that. But it, I mean, nostalgia. Listen, I mean, we are in it right now like mm-hmm. you know we're we're in nostalgia this podcast leans very heavily on for sure on uh, whether it's cultural history a, sh- a strange history um and, and nostalgia and i think you know a lot of you know television shows and movies mm-hmm. are, are you know do that now and 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 action park and this documentary is like now is the perfect time yeah. for all that it's kind of like how now is the perfect time for a little break
2: Are you a true crime junkie? Do you like spooky murder stories? Or are you a weirdo that's into real-life mysteries? Let's be real, odds are, if you're listening to us right now, you're at least one, and probably all. And if you're like us, you'll very much dig Sword & Scale.
1: Sword & Scale is the longest-standing true crime podcast that combines 911 calls and interrogation audio to tell you real-life stories that will chill you to the bone. Real talk.
2: I was recommended Sword & Scale back in 2016, before we even started Ghost Town. I was forever a fan. After I subscribed to Sword and Scale, I never went back. It practically invented a podcast genre back in 2014, years before other true crime podcasts became popular.
1: Sword and Scale's host and creator, Mike Boudet, expertly narrates each shocking episode to fully immerse listeners into a carefully crafted real-life story that proves that the worst monsters are real. Some of my favorite episodes are episode 121, where Neil Entwistle and his family mysteriously disappeared, and episode 107, The Case of Kevin Ray Underwood. I won't spoil them for you. Just give Sword and Scale a listen for yourself.
2: Sword and Scale is available bi-weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today and leave them a review. That's Sword and Scale, also available at swordandscale.com. Subscribe today and give it a listen. Sword and Scale, proving that the worst monsters
1: are real. Hello.
2: Hi. Hi. How are you? Hello. Uh,
1: We're checking in. This is our weekly check-in, but you can always- if you need a sounding board, we're always here Definitely for
2: that. Definitely,
1: I want to talk about... This is very exciting. Very exciting. I've alluded to this. And mm-hmm. if you've been on our social media, you know about it. And I wanted to talk about it last week and I have to talk about it now is a book. That, Jason is an author uh, of a book. I'm an author of a book. And if you're wondering, like, I can't do anything. You can do anything. You can... <laughs> If even if you don't know how to read, you can write a book. Take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> it is called "Abandoned and Historic Los Angeles Neon mm-hmm. and Beyond." It has been a year and a half in the making. Yes. Rebecca wrote the forward. I and did she had some photos, and she was you know kind of kind of the sounding board for the book. It has photos. It's uh, vintage, historic. Abandoned photos mm-hmm. all around Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley, the Greater Los Angeles area, yeah. and I got some essays and anecdotes from people like like my friend Greg sistero yeah, from the, the room. room. And if you like the room and the disaster artist, he wrote That's that one of my right. favorite oh, book, that is book is so,
2: incredible.
1: I was mad when it was done. Mm-hmm. Friend Katie Featherston, who is in the Paranormal Activity movies, she yeah. plays Katie. Um, Molly MacLear. That's right. Great. She's cultural a,
2: icon. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, two uh, wrote some. Two broke girls. Yeah, absolutely. Made hello giggles. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Danny O'Connor from House of Pain. Yeah, House of Pain and. You know, he does this group Delta Bravo Urban Exploration, which mm-hmm. ties right into what definitely. You know, this book is. And there's just so many, uh, a lot of other, you know, mus- musicians. I, you know, want try to get more musicians of like the hardcore punk scene. And I asked, you know, it, it, it's a lot that goes into it. And if you're ever curious and, and how that is, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to try to do some kind of – trying to do some press on the book. It's very hard right now, so I'm just word of mouth and 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 I'm just uh, hoping that you'll check it out and it's
2: Yeah, please. It's so good. The pictures are the photographs, excuse me, are amazing. It it also really you will get a sense of LA from this book and and the testimonials and the stories and the photographs. It's really incredible and also because we're in this, you know, specific time and place in history. I feel like it's like doubly resonant of LA's history, what we're going through now. It's great. You will not regret it.
1: And you can you, know, you can find it, of course, on Amazon and Barnes mm-hmm. & and Noble and, you know, a lot of indie bookstores. I'm giving away five copies of That's the right. book. If you go to ghosttownpod.com slash book giveaway, Ooh. you can enter to win one. And if you want it... Autographed by me or us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could do that. Hopefully, more you. (laughs) Or if you just, if you win it and you just want it, I'll just send it to you and you don't want to ruin it with sloppy handwriting. Yeah. But you can pre order it now on Amazon. It would be super helpful. And we're, you know, giving a lot of books away to libraries, local bookstores, and doing our part. And, you know, because the local businesses, you know, and all all the proceeds are are going to those businesses. And Mm -hmm. of course, you know, some donations back to uh, Los, Los Angeles. Social programs and and food banks and, you know, because it's, you know, I felt a little bit exploitive of it and I tried not to be, you know, that's just my whatever. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to make sure that I'm not, well, I'm definitely not capitalizing. It's not like... That kind of book, but it is mm-hmm. you know Arcadia Publishing has been it was great and took a chance and the, you know they're familiar with the podcast and I feel like it's I feel like the podcast you're probably going to uh, probably gonna like this and it's a great coffee table travel yeah book,
2: it's a great know. gift for people who love neon signage uh L A history offbeat history though in general and if you want a taste of it uh at neon and beyond on Instagram.
1: Yeah, Neon and the Beyond. The, uh, or, I don't even know our Instagram. Or uh, the Jason Horton. I posted some okay. things on there. And you've got some stuff on Rebecca Lieb yeah. on there, too.
2: I mean, I don't know my own name. So I guess I shouldn't be held accountable
1: for so that's any other handles. the book. <laughs> uh, hopefully you pick up a copy. And you can enter to win one. Yeah, and I, I wish I, if I was a, you know at endless wealth, I would give away it to everybody. I'd rather people have the book because it's not like I'd be making like a ton of money on it anyway. so mm-hmm. it's it's, it, it's no law. Lo- I'm, I'm not really feeling any loss of profit, but mm-hmm. I'd rather everyone just just have one because yeah. Um, and
2: I think some people are getting one, aren't I, they? Yeah,
1: I think you know, some people are getting one.
2: Um, I, some people perhaps who are who mean a lot to our patreon.
1: You mean like our political leaders?
2: Perhaps. That's who I'm thinking of. You mean of. like
1: our mayors, like Brandon Gattis? Yeah. Jeanette Link. Uh, Jeanette Link. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ben Forsyth. That's right. And our governor. Oh, Hello, our Chris governor. Witt.
2: Chris Witt really took it home this month.
1: So if you want to be part of that, the political system mm-hmm. here, and I want to thank all the other patrons that, that help support the show and- we have our very first Alderman. Yeah. I wanted to mention Jaded Wrestling.
2: Ooh. We had
1: a podcast about wrestling, kind of going back and they re- rewatch old wrestling events and pay per views, some WrestleManias, kind of like Ooh, we're doing right so now with this, with this Action Park episode. So check out Jaded Rastlin. Great. And, and wherever you get podcasts and give that a listen. And that's kind of like, kind of fits in what we're talking about, you know? What Absolutely. You mean? Those, um, those 80s WrestleManias. Oh, Ooh, for sure. 80s. That's of
2: the same time and place. And again, so. Something- and you can get
1: some con. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I used to watch some of them and I had the, you know, Hulkamania, like the thumb wrestler toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were so much fun. Yeah. And, that was part of my culture, and you can get some context on um, yeah. jaded Rasslin.
2: Jaded Rasslin. that sounds good. I'm gonna check that out. I also wanted to shout out to uh, Kelsey Boehm. Uh, she is a friend of my brother Brendan's, who is so cool and is uh, lives in Milwaukee. And he—I just talked to him today, and he says that she's a she listens, she cares. She is a fan get surprised of the podcast.
1: When somebody says that, I
2: know I'm like someone I know who knows me in person. But I am so flattered, and just want to shout her out. I'm gonna get her some merch and pins for when I go home for Thanksgiving
1: I have a YouTube channel called Jason Horton youtube.com slash Jason Horton and I did a video which includes some video of the Los Feliz murder house Mm
2: -hmm. so if you want to
1: check that out you know support it I mean I kind of rebranded this YouTube channel And if you want to give it a subscribe, you want to watch it, it's just youtube.com slash Jason Horton. And a couple more coming up. Basically kind of talking about uh, episodes we did and and, uh, a really great uh, shooter and editor, David Mm -hmm. Prater. Thank you. And he makes them very interesting. (laughs) So it's not just my very fat round head. It's so fat and round. Jeez. How do I get so round and fat? Give yourself a break. I just lost like 12 pounds and my head is still, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I, imagine if it was 12 pounds ago, Ugh. heavier. Oh man, I wouldn't even fit. My oh, head wouldn't boy. even fit in your little phone. No, hey,
2: you're wearing that hat pretty comfortably.
1: I am. Yeah, it fits, uh, it fits in my head nicely. All right. My just, little LA hat. It's not Danger Zone yet is what I'm saying. So you can check that out. And of course you can check out, uh, you know, kind of working with TikTok on some educational mm-hmm. uh I guess call them, you know, educational TikToks about what we talk about here. And you can find that on TikTok at Ghost Town Pod. So they're going to be putting out. We're kind of working with them on some stuff. And they took an interest in Ghost Town. And really appreciate that. Yeah,
2: look at all this stuff that's going on.
1: Uh, So much stuff that's going on. You know. It's very safe, but... What's dangerous?
2: What's dangerous these
1: days? Uh, Action Park. Oh,
2: God. Yeah, back to Action Park. Is
1: super dangerous. It is. the, The town itself was really starting to push back. I think they were, you know, but, you know, just like, corruption yes uh gene you know was like listen guys i bring in a lot to you which you know when you know you're on some kind of mayoral seat or or, or, you know government seat in your town Mm -hmm. you can say listen our revenue has gone up x percent Mm -hmm. we brought in x amount of jobs yeah you know we got people coming in from new york city spending that money yeah and that's what you did a lot of the clientele would be you know local new jersey for sure and new york city is close enough cheaper than great adventure yeah. No rules, Great no no, no rules. rules. Yeah, and way easier than going to Orlando. Absolutely. And when it's so, and when it's so hot, and you see those commercials, Ugh. and everyone's having so much—you mean the
2: teenagers that they also paid to be in the commercials? Yeah, we're having so much fun, and they
1: paid in with cigarettes.
2: Yeah, they weren't being exploited at all. They got menthols. They got <laughs> yeah. their first introduction no to menthols through Action Park. A blessing.
1: And the advertising and that, you know, which when I'm watching the documentary, things were going pretty well, but he was like, let's ramp it up with some commercials. And there were so many commercials. Yeah. And they just show unbridled fun. You know, when it's snowing out, mm-hmm. that, that looks like fun, but you're not, you don't feel tempted. But when it's hot and it's, it's humid, hot, yeah. And everyone's having fun and you're a boy, mm-hmm. which is what I was, mm-hmm. and you see girls. Believe it or not, I know you're saying, yeah, right, dude. You see (laughs) girls, and you're like, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to, like, have that community. There was just really something that spoke to that, and I'm just speaking for myself that I wanted to be. It's like when you watch, like, I mean, commercials are meant to do that. Like, you Mm want to be this cool person, or you want to be satisfied by this person. But if you watch like an '80s movie, like I did, and I still the whole thing was an '80s movie. And they really illustrate that in the documentary. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like we talk about the the, the the culture of the mall. Yes. When it was at its height. I mean, huge. Huge. And this is the mall of fun. This is Water Mall. It's hot. It's fun. You yeah. don't see any adults. It's no, there's not no like adults a, like killing your arms buzz. Yeah. Like grab a beer. Yeah. Grab your girl. Wait, go Wait, are you jump. Are at least 10? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Six-year-old? Hold, uh, up, hold up how many fingers
2: you judge. are at age. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. Jump in that. Snake infested pond water. It's your
1: world, baby. Yeah, don't worry about the snakes or the trout. Mm-mm. <laughs> the dead trout. And the adults had a place of their own because then, you mm-hmm. know, we talked about this. There was, you know, the water world. Yeah. Not, the, well, the movie Water World was probably a safer environment than this. That's
2: absolutely true. Even
1: in a post apocalyptic society.
2: Absolutely. still more sanitary.
1: But there was Motor World, which would be more adult, sort of adult, species.
2: especially after five PM. They said, yeah, where they would go the and, witching hour. Yeah, exactly. Go get your buzz on, you know. Don't have your you don't have your wife on your back. You go, you right next to I ninety four. Just just drive like you've never driven.
1: Drive to forget. Go to the beer garden. Yeah, and he would. Gene would actually. He said when, you know, they have any fest, Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm.
2: Which, this is a part of it that I really liked. I was like, oh, they're bringing in, like, local businesses, and, like, like they took a brewery from Germany and, like, brought it in. Like, that's cool. It's,
1: it makes it very authentic, mm-hmm. but you would drink, and then you're like, well, let me get on a ride, which would just get on a motorboat. A motorboat. <laughs> and I think, I like to think back, you know, probably the psychology of it is, when you're in this environment, it's it's like a... I don't know. It's like almost like nothing can go wrong in this environment because Mm -hmm. this is a business that's in business. The
2: perception of danger versus the actual danger. Like this is a huge point that they really drove home for me. They're like, it's supposed to look dangerous. It's supposed to seem fun and exciting and dangerous. But this was that too. Yeah. Like you don't – that's not artifice. That's just what it is. So like go adults, go drink all day in the beer garden and then go take a vehicle that may have gone up to 65 miles an hour out and just drive everywhere.
1: Go and for it. They talked about how they had like a – like there's a governor of speed mm-hmm. and I don't know if they actually mentioned the tennis ball, but I believe when we talked about it in the last episode, they just stick a tennis ball under something Ugh. and that would, that would make the speed go as high as it possibly oh could go God. only after drinking. Ugh. And I think, well, when did drinking and drive – I mean, it's always been terrible, but mm-hmm. when did it become – a thing where we said, oh, drinking and driving, probably the mid ish eighties mm-hmm. where you saw commercials. And I mean, obviously, you know now and in the last you know 20, 30 years. But back then, drinking and driving, was that an issue like it is now? So you combine yeah. that wearing a seatbelt, optional.
2: Optional for sure.
1: Uh it's you know, I used to go and I've probably mentioned this in this podcast, I used to go buy my mother cigarettes. And as a Mm nine-year-old, they would sell it to me because I had it memorized, Virginia Slim Menthol Lights. Oh, my God. I bought cigarettes (laughs) for my mother from the age of nine or ten. Wow. And there was no issue. Of course, I grew up in, you know, part of New York, you know, within a half hour of the, you know, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes hour of the city, probably 40 minutes away from this in the 80s. And it was pretty – it was, like, almost like you lived in this chaos. Yeah. We live in a different chaos now, but it was, like, this different chaos or they're the same chaos is just Mm -hmm. different. I don't know how to explain it, but it was really – you know, this documentary is truly a time castle where people would drink at this beer garden. Yeah. And, like, let's get into a motorboat. And it's just really to cruise around.
2: Yeah, let's just cruise around for a
1: while. You can crash into each other, right? I mean, yeah, of course, bumper cars are like that, and yeah. they, they just made these connections. Of course, where everything was like combative.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, everything was like not just like nobody hit home any of the rules. So, like, of course, if you're going to see something that looks like bumper cars, but it's in the water, you're going to treat it as such. You and know? I
1: would, I mean, I probably would too. It, mm-hmm. and, and there's an inherent amount of like. Do you want to bump it to somebody? Too bad because there's a backup and it's things get, you know, waterlogged. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have somebody going, go. go yeah. Go. And I remember – because I've gone to some water parks. Remember that, and totally. It's like, and I was like, are you, like, counting off? Or are you just somebody just, like, spinning their whistle around?
2: Yeah. That's the same thing. We had a big water park around where I grew up, Noah's Ark, and they were – it was populated Was it religious-themed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's Wisconsin, though. Like – but it was – like, there was a lot of safety precautions because – Again, I could lose a tooth in it, but I probably wouldn't drown there kind of a thing. But they had teenagers doing the go thing, too. And even times were at the most safe water park. Um, Because at this point, too, like heavily regulated, it was not that time in Action Park. You'd be like, I feel terrified of this. And also, like, you would, like, whiplash city, you know?
1: And all the while, Gene Mulvihill Mm -hmm. was really starting to become at odds with people in the town in lawsuits and he just took this maverick I guess renegade stance where he's like no he's like I won't show up I won't pay for it and whatever happens happens
2: the US marshal had to show up and like a teenager would just take like go to I assume the like cash machine in the office and like take care of his debts
1: yeah it it was and, and I'm sure that kind of entrepreneurial spirit mm, uh, was appealing sure. and attractive but you said there was a lot of a lot of people you know that had to pay the price and you have a bunch of kids that are just it, honestly it looks like a 80s movie yeah
2: they had sleepover parties and then often would just go to work they'd be like getting drunk like having sex with each other smoking a lot of weed like whenever they wanted
1: wherever and i'm I think it was because I really wasn't at the age then to really necessarily work there where mm-hmm. I worked for the New York state parks very close by and I did maintenance, mm-hmm. I like you know, cleanups. It, it, it's kind of like what some people do that on like a, some kind of um, community service or work release, mm-hmm. b- but you got paid. That's nice. We drive around like on a, you know, kind of like a go-kart or a tractor. we mm-hmm. pick up garbage. I would clean these New York state public bathrooms that people oh, come from the city and how I would clean it. I would take a powder cleaning solution mm-hmm. and I would throw it at the wall and toilet and I took a high pressure hose oh my God. and just spray down these disgusting, God. noxious bathrooms, no masks, Ugh. no gloves. Yeah. And I would just high pressure hose like shit and throw up and blood. Mm. And that's what I did for a job. And a, a friend of mine would always get into a threatened to beat up the boss always get fired, and always be back next year. <laughs> so that was kind of the – And people would come in from New York uh-huh. from New York City, start fights with us. It was a very dangerous – I mean, we had like dangerous combustible stuff, like uh, gasoline. Wow. And, we, yeah, we just rode around. And it was maybe probably like I'd say more late 80s. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about like 88, 89. So, I mean, I'm really surprised I didn't work at Action Park. But I had – it was that similar thing. And it was yeah. just a bunch of kids – with dangerous equipment like uh, landscaping and we would just kind of sort of do whatever and like the like the people in charge We'd just be like – we would literally say – I was like, come on, don't be like that. They would yell at us and fire us, but we'd always just show back
2: up. I mean, that speaks to that time, though. Like, you lived it in a a different way and hopefully, like, a less dangerous way. But still, it's just like, chemicals, no problem. Rules, nah, not for us. Uh, Anything goes. And I would love to – they interviewed a lot of people, a lot of then teenagers, now adults, who worked there. But I would love to know, like – any reoccurring things that they have from working there around like all of that shit and just you know also like what stories i'm sure that they didn't share a lot
1: of stories i wonder if i'm hoping that perhaps there's some bonus footage and yeah come up and yeah be like
2: netflix and like drop it in some dropbox somewhere so we can feast upon
1: it please and you kind of as we're kind of like winding this Mm -hmm. up i mean we've hit like a lot of the different points the documentary, like, towards the end, you know, they kind of focus on one of the deaths. And it is incredibly sad. Brutal. For, for everything brutal. that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. and, you know, might seem kind of you know, cavalier, It, it was just, I, I actually started, like, tearing up. And because I wasn't – I think it's – I mean, one, because it's very sad. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. And, you know, the mother of one of the kids, and this has been, like, now 30-plus years.
2: She is still so – it is still such a – Hard, raw place for her, and I think that's really that was really hard for me too. And the, when she said she celebrated when he died, when he and died, she's
1: never celebrated. Yeah, she's another. like got a bottle
2: of red and celebrate. Like it's like this is still an open wound for her. Yeah. This is not
1: she scabbed
2: over with a weird burning concoction.
1: Walking. I think, finding out and leaving the hospital and walking onto the highway. Yeah. It's all, oh, you know, it's all highways and, and, and stuff and her, her husband having to pull her back and how oh. sad the brother was. He got married, like, four days oh, later. And he's yeah. Like, had yeah.
2: I can't it, believe he still got married, to be honest. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I, I think there was probably a book sense. Book a venue. Right. I, you know, I think there's a sense of, like, probably, like, the shock and and everything is, like, listen, let's just kind of, like, move forward and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, use it as a as – a, Celebration. I, I don't know. I can't like I, I, get in the head
2: exactly. And- I just it's so it was so emotionally charged for me too in so many ways. And again, the fact that I think when you see people as we we do, and especially you know we've covered unsolved mysteries, when you see people talk about death, there is kind of this like facade, this like TV. Kind of precipice where you're like, okay, this is for TV and I'm seeing this. And it's enter- it's, being, it's entertainment. Yeah, there's still – yeah, there's a layer of of this is entertainment. I think with this, it still felt so painful and raw and you really didn't get that kind of um, resolution or polish that you get with a lot of people talking about death in documentaries.
1: I don't want to end it on a 2 side of a note.
2: I don't want to do that either. But I
1: have – some little testimonials I got from our, Ooh, yeah. our YouTube on our Ghost Town podcast. Amazing. YouTube. And, you know, I want to include, uh, some of the people's, you know, kind of feedback. Yeah. Real life, uh, real life experiences. Uh, Suzette says, thanks for posting. I remember riding the luge, no helmet, hitting the cement wall, seriously uh-huh. bru- bruising my legs while grabbing on for dear life, that little steering stick to slow it down. I think we talked about the Alpine slide. Yeah. Uh, and
2: steering sticks mostly broken.
1: Second time I ended up off the track uh, and kind of just dragging herself down. Um, somebody says, You beat eight HBO Max to it. Good job. I mean, was really the, the point. <laughs> Uh, somebody said, "Great, listen. I grew up within the shadows of Action Park, and it was one of those places where if someone said some far-fetched story, you believed it because of what that park was. We used mm-hmm. to say if you didn't if you didn't get hurt, you didn't go. Mm. At the end, Action Park cost fifteen dollars for kids, and between seventeen and twenty eight. Finally, a price.
2: Adults. This is something that I wanted to hear since we did this a year and a half ago. How much did and it And that's cost? towards the end?
1: So they, you know, they you close in ninety six, then reopen in ninety eight, and then they changed the name to Mountain yeah. Creek." Uh, oh,
2: boy. Probably
1: back in the 80s. And when I'm talking about it, I'm talking like 78 to 88 mostly for me. Yeah. But you saw Ricky Rackman from uh, uh, MTV Headbangers Ball, which I that's thought was right. really sad. And you see uh, Lane Stanley from Allison Chain. Chains. Yeah. That's 93, and he died like I think two oh, years later. Oh, God. So yeah, I wasn't aware. And that, again, that's after my kind of – purview of Action Park Mm in the early 90s. We went every year. My brother lost a lot of skin on the alpine slide. The track got so hot, it melted his skin and he crashed.
2: Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, a time capsule. (laughs) A horrifying, bleeding cesspool of a time capsule for $10 you could enjoy.
1: Yeah, and... Now what do you get for ten dollars? I can get like a smoothie, not even menthols
0: <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs